Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Thursday, April 8th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, we're going to hear from a couple of college athletic department bosses. Dr. Brandon Martin, who holds the title of Vice Chancellor and Director of Athletics at UMKC, has a new book. It's called Leading in the Unknown, a New Paradigm for Leaders in Intercollegiate Athletics. The book details the issues of navigating an athletic department through the pandemic and explores how college sports may change in the post-pandemic world. We also catch up on issues in college sports on the national and local landscapes. After a break, we'll hear a portion of the Travis Goff introductory press conference on Wednesday. Goff was named the new athletic director at Kansas, and he certainly faces some huge challenges like a downtrodden football program, and a basketball program facing NCAA punishment for alleged rules violations. Let's get started with UMKC Vice Chancellor and AD, Dr. Brandon Martin. Dr. Brandon Martin is here, the Athletic Director for the KC Ruse at UMKC. And Dr. Martin, you have written a book, Leading in the Unknown, A New Paradigm for Leaders in Intercollegiate Athletics, and I can't remember a time in all my years covering college sports when there's been so much unknown coming out of uh, the pandemic and how that's changed so many things about college sports. Let's give us a quick overview of what, what the book is about, and then let's, uh, let's get into what your inspiration was for writing it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start with the latter, Blair. Thanks so much for having me uh, today. And I'll talk about the inspiration. I'll get into some of the other dimensions of the book. The inspiration was it was a it was a timely book, in my opinion. It was a book of uh, reflection, a book of challenge, perspective, opportunity, and evolution. And evolution meaning my evolution over 21 years of being in this industry. And at the onset of of the global pandemic, what I realized was that there was no precedent for leading in the unknown. There was no precedent for making decisions. There was no precedent for trying to interpret the legislation, interpret the rules, and most importantly, how to execute student-athlete welfare and development. So I started to journal, and after about a month, I had about 78 pages of scraps of, of just lined notebook paper, and I said, you know, I need to put this into a book form. Um, not only that, I needed to find out from some of my peers and colleagues nationally how they were making decisions in this period of the unknown. And so I did 23 interviews uh, with athletic directors and also conference commissioners all the way down from uh, Derek Bragg, the, one of the senior VPs with NC2A, Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, of course, Tom Dupel, our commissioner in the Summit League, uh, among others, and tried to really investigate how they were dealing with this period. So the book is seven chapters and is situated on six major themes. One is multidimensional context, cultural agility, catalytic leadership, dynamic flexibility, mindful leadership, and cultural safety. And so within that, I profile uh, six leaders within the, the beginning six chapters and, and uh, talk about 
three themes within those 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 six uh, concepts. One is the COVID nineteen pandemic. The other one was societal injustice, and then lastly, the economic depression that intercollegiate athletics, regardless if you were a power five or a mid-major, you you had some decisions you had to make um, with the economic downturn. And so that was sort of the genesis of the book. Those are, that's the framework and, and that was the motivation. You, um, hey, before we go on, let's, let's mention that uh, you can get this book on amazon.com and also uh, a website uh, docbrandonmartin.com doc brandonmartin.com it's available there as well so the name of the book is leading in the unknown the new paradigm for leaders in intercollegiate athletics by umkc athletic director dr brand brandon martin now with your background you you've been at both the the, the high major and the mid major level you you know, you've been the athletic director um, at, at UMKC since December of 2018. Before that, for five years, you were the athletic director at Cal State Northridge. Before that, associate athletic director, senior associate athletic director at Oklahoma and Southern California. So you've you've seen how everyone lives in college sports, really. And, um, you know, I, that, which gives you a, a really good perspective, I think, on, you know, on, on the college sports landscape. You know, you, it seems to me that one of the first obvious uh, challenges for an athletic director in this world, no matter what level that you're um, where you're working is financial. And of course, UMKC had to make some tough decisions university wide, but also in athletics, um, not long after the pandemic started and you had to, and you had to cut some or suspend sports, not cut them, but suspend sports um, and that, that was just one of the actions that was needed to be taken to, um, you know, basically to make budget. Where do things stand now athletically when it comes to revenue and, um, and those sports? Sure. We were in a position, Blair, where we had to redefine who we were um, and who we wanted to be in terms of com- uh, competing. And um, there's no question that I was put in a position where I had to make some uh, tough calls. And you mentioned suspending sports, not eliminating sports. There's a difference. Suspending sports. And I just want to um, clarify that one of our sports that we suspended, men's golf, has been reinstated. Um, and so we are uh, turning the corner from a financial standpoint. We have our priorities in place. Fundraising has been been going well the last uh, uh, three to four months. And we still maintain that we want to compete in the Summit League, that we want to position our student athletes to have the best collegiate experience here on campus. We still maintain the fact that we believe as Kansas City's only Division I team that we want to garner support from all across this region and this city. So I look at it from an anti-deficit standpoint, more so an opportunity for us to really look under the hood of our department and figure out what's working, what's not working. What are some of the things that we need to do to elevate? 
and investigate who are some of the folks who are on the sidelines and alumni, uh, donors, stakeholders, who we need to engage in our process. I have set the mantra of comprehensive excellence, and we still maintain that. Now, we've had to take a slight detour over the last six or seven months, but our morale um, hasn't been better now. Our, our teams, as, as you can see um, <clears throat> over this past competitive season, they've done well. I mean, our volleyball team um, <laughs> played fantastic this year. Our softball team um, you know, had a, a lot of uh, milestone victories uh, over Power 5 schools and um, our, our, our golf team is, is off to a good start and, 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 and tennis as well. And so we, we maintain that. And so we're, even though we've had to take a slight detour, we're still on a climb to elevate. You know, you mentioned some of those successes. I noticed the, the, the softball team beat number six, the rank Oklahoma state just a couple yes. of weeks ago. That was, that was a nice moment for, uh, for, for that program. Um, you know, the where what do we what are we expecting in college sports for uh, we're, we're going to get to the end of the budget year here in a, in a couple of months and then the 21-22 school year will start um, do, do we will UMKC and other schools still continue to face the, the, the difficult financial challenges that were caused by the 20, you know, the, the, they experienced in 2021. Um, is there some light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to, uh, when, when it comes to revenue and, and, and what is the status of uh, the, the track and field programs? Blair, I think that's a great question. One of the themes that I, I mentioned and write about in my book is dynamic flexibility. And, from a leadership standpoint, um, I contend that all leaders need to have a range of motion, just like athletes have to have a range of motion when they prepare to compete. Leaders now, we have to have that range of motion to overcome adversity and have that range of motion to deal with some of the economic issues to make sure morale is um, on the upswing and intact to make sure that we are providing our student athletes with the best experience possible. And also to ensure that our fan experience, once we get back to a new normal is going to be positive. It's going to be uplifting and it's going to be like, it's, it's never been before. I feel that some of the challenges that we're going to have Blair is with name, image, and likeness as an industry. Um, that's sort of a moving target as we've seen some of the states have adopted uh, the, the uh, not so much compensating student athletes, but positioning them to where they can benefit financially um, from sponsors and, and um, profit financially, um, which I think is going to redefine amateurism as we know it. I don't believe coming out of uh, name, image, and likeness, college athletics is going to be the same. And it's important that athletic departments and institutions uh, don't become brokers and advisors 
um, to student athletes as they move forward. Now, we do need safeguards in place, but it's also going to change the way we operate from a compliance standpoint. Uh, the compliance director and officer uh, is going to be very pivotal as we move forward. So I know in the next fiscal year, the next competitive cycle, name, image, and likeness is going to be something that's going to be talked about uh, regardless if you're at UMKC or if you're at one of the Power 5 schools. To your question about cross-country and track and field, we, over the last um, five to six months, have engaged stakeholders, former student-athletes that have competed in that sport, and passionate alumni who want to see that sport come back. And it's up to myself and my leadership team to put a realistic plan in place for that sport to come back. It's possible that we can bring back cross country uh, very soon and the track and field portion um, a year later uh, than that. But right now it's important that, <clears throat> that we, from an economic standpoint, that we not only focus on track and field, but we focus on all of the student athletes that are within our department and all of our staff and all of our administrators here that have worked tirelessly over this past year to make sure that we achieve comprehensive excellence. You know, another big challenge that occurs to me is the additional eligibility. Um, so, um, if, if you're a senior this year, you are you you have an option to become a super senior next year and have a fifth year of eligibility. Or basically, the the twenty twenty one school year didn't count towards anyone's eligibility. Um, now there are some other rules that are going to be in place to, um, uh, you know, that'll scholarship wise. But at least for for next year, there there's the possibility of having you know, more athletes on campus on campuses that we've never seen before. What kind of conversations are your coaches having with, uh, with with those athletes? And do you anticipate having you know, additional super seniors on, on rosters next year? The answer is yes, Blair. And this is something that I've talked to several of my coaches about. And as I mentioned before, how this period has redefined what the athletic director role is, is also redefined what the coach's responsibility is as they have to make prudent and strategic decisions on their rosters and um, you know equity and and, and title nine is is here to stay student athlete welfare and our charge for them to develop is here to stay and so it's going to take several conversations for myself, my leadership team, and the coaches to come up with a, um, a plan, to come up with a plan on how to move forward. And it's challenging, Blair. It, it, it's, it, it's challenging because we want to be all things, all people. But in this economic climate, it's going to be challenging to do. Keeping in mind our goal as Kansas City's only Division One team and our goal to 
uh, for Kansas City to to really claim us as that. We have to make some some quality choices, and we have to prioritize our student athletes and and really make sure that our priorities are in line with not only the athletics department but the university community. And so let's and let's end it on this, uh, Dr. Martin. That the the school year is about to end, and UMKC is about to complete its first year back in the Summit League after a a seven year absence in which the the programs competed in the Western Athletic Conference, the WAC. Um, how's it going? How, how did you feel it went? First year back in the in the Summit League for for the KC Roos and, and UMKC. When we made the decision to transition back to the summit, there's no way that we could have predicted a global pandemic. <laughs> that that part was undoubtedly challenging for all of us. I'm I can't say how proud I am of our student athletes and the way that they've competed, as well as our coaches. Our coaches have been challenged with uh, testing protocols, with uh, you know the, the the rhythm and the momentum that they have with their respective teams have been impacted. And the definition of success has been challenged unlike before. That said, um, I maintain that the, that the Summit League is where we should be. I'm proud of, of the way that we've competed, notwithstanding the challenges. And I look forward to putting together the game plan for success as we transition into year two in the summit. Year one was unlike any year that we thought would would happen. But um, I feel that our student athletes and our coaches represented Kansas City well and represented this university um, to to, to the highest degree. So I I can't be more proud of the way that we've, we've responded. Okay, the book is called Leading in the Unknown, A New Paradigm for Leaders in Intercollegiate Athletics by UMKC Athletic Director, Dr. Brandon Martin. Dr. Martin, thanks for joining us today. Really enjoyed the chat. Thank you so much, Blair. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Travis. Vahe Gregorian from the Kansas City Star. Congratulations and welcome home. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just a, a little bit to pick up on the, the journalism track. I'm curious, when you came here from Dodge City, did you have a uh, career path in mind and did it change um, <laughs> with some experiences here or how, how did this come about? It, it absolutely did. I, I came here like many, not knowing what that path might look like. Um, was raised in a, ha- a family of teachers, coaches, coaches, entrepreneurs, small business owners. 
And that was a really neat perspective to bring, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, and certainly in terms of my career. And as a junior at KU, with a little bit of a, a, of a contact, I walked into that athletic department and I said, hey, I want to volunteer. I just want an opportunity as a student to learn and try and understand a little bit about what college athletics is and this idea that there's potential career opportunities there. One of the best decisions I ever made. And that's what gave me the exposure and gave me the support system in that foundation. And just to clarify, were you more sort of on the Stratcom track in yes. journalism? So we were never going to get you on our squad? No, okay. no, I love your so, squad, but okay. <laughs> I learned early I want to do strategic communications. <laughs> and the other thing, just uh, as, as the Chancellor alluded to a little more directly than I had understood before, your time at Tulane really was in the, right in the aftermath of, of Katrina and had a very direct impact on, on the campus and obviously life in New Orleans. I'm, I'm curious how that experience... Um, is something you've drawn on since in terms of being able to deal with anything. Yeah, amazing, amazing experience. And again, one of those that at the time I wasn't fully processing, right? I mean, I don't know how, how many could in the situation New Orleans and, and Tulane was, was in. Um, you know, it really started with this mindset of what can I do to help lift up this athletics program? So my, my particular role shifted right away because it was all hands on deck and that was a really small deck of people to try and move forward and, and lift athletics literally off its back and from underwater. And, you know, again, it was a day by day learning. It was a, a regular firestorm of how to navigate, how to support student athletes that were scattered, you know, across the South and across the Southeast. And, um, you know, it was really more about how do you handle yourself and how do you lift up other, others in adversity? And as somebody who was being asked to be part of that small team, I knew enough to know I was going to take that exceptionally seriously. And I think that's been one of the great applications from that. When you have that responsibility, when you've been asked to do that, do it consistently, do it regularly, look at how you can lift up others and lift up a program or an institution. And just to clarify that that literally was physical at times. I mean, were you, you guys having to do, do the remediation the coming back? We, we, we had to leave New Orleans. The university shut down. Students scattered across the country. We worked out of Dallas. Uh, six of us worked out of Dallas. We had teams in, I think, six different locations. One of the best decisions that was ever made by that athletic director, Rick Dixon, was for the teams to compete that fall. If they hadn't, I don't think Tulane Athletics would exist to the extent they do today. Uh, and then coming back after Thanksgiving, the athletics portion of campus had somewhere between six and ten feet of water on it. And so just remediation, trying to get the literally the lights on, so to speak. And athletics rightfully couldn't be the top priority for an institution that just was trying to get housing and uh, residence halls and classrooms back up in order for to bring students back in that, that next January. So is it fair to say you, you feel that might have prepared you for about anything? I, I, I really think it, it was a huge part of that. Thanks so no much. And welcome again. Thank you. Hey, Travis, Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports. And Dennis. You don't want to know what journalism school I attended. <laughs> <laughs> I, may not, I may know that coming in. Yeah, Dennis. I think so. Yeah. Uh, could you articulate what the football options are? You said it's still in development, yeah. but obviously you could hire a coach in two weeks. Sure. It could be a year. Could you articulate that? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Dennis, for, for asking that question. You know, again, coming in, the, the most important thing to me was do the mu as much work as I could on the front end. Get organized, right? Have, have a plan have a, a few different plans, understand the options. You can only do so much of that before you hit the ground. And it'd be insincere and it would not be doing the right thing for the University of Kansas for me to have arrived yesterday 
with putting the head down and this is our direction and this is how we're moving forward without the chance to spend time with Coach Jones, his staff, observe. And then listen, I've got to listen to the individuals who know a lot more than I do today about where Kansas football's at, the state of that roster, the mindset of the student athletes. And so that's, again, what I've kind of said. I want to dig deeper with you on that, Dennis. The second part is we, we do have a plan, and it's about will, when will I have enough information, when will I have had enough engagement, and what would be the right approach to launching that forward. So that's about as uh, you can follow up with a question. That's about where we're at here on day two. Did you lean on Fitz about this, the, the whole concept of the football, and, and, and will you? Well, I think, you know, Fitz was awesome through this process and, and so incredibly supportive. He knows a guy who's lived this, this idea of how do you build something that's going to be sustained because that's taken years at Northwestern, as you know. It's been more about what have I been able to witness and soak up in that building process. So I've been learning from him for eight and a half plus years. And so I'll take some of that and he'll be a great sounding board through the process for sure. Thanks, Dennis. Hey, Travis, Nick Schwartz with KLWN Radio. Um, you kind of just spoke to this a little bit, but you're inheriting an athletic department that's seen four full-time football coaches come and go over the last 11 years. I'm just curious, as you sort of begin to assess the direction you'd like to see the program go, what gives you confidence that whoever is the next person to lead the program can have more success than his predecessors? Thanks, Dick. I think we've, at the University of Kansas, learned a lot over the years. And building football programs is incredibly difficult. It's certainly difficult in the Big 12 Conference, one of the best in the, in the country. And it's certainly diff difficult even more so without any kind of continuity. So I think those learnings that, that I, I have kind of witnessed from afar, the things that I've been able to see at the places I've been, and then what I know to be incredibly clearly the commitment from Chancellor Gerard, from the leadership, from the staff and the group that's here, to build this thing in the right way. That's, that's all the confidence I need coming in. And that confidence is incredibly high. And regardless of which direction you do decide to go, are there any unique characteristics or qualifications that stand out to you in terms of something that you feel like would make a successful head coach of Kansas? There, there certainly are assumptions around that, what things I've observed and I think are applicable anywhere, right? So there's what's applicable anywhere in terms of building a program. And then what's important and what I'm trying to really be focused on in these days ahead is what's going to be applicable here at the University of Kansas. And that's where I need, we need to, need to listen, absorb before charting that path forward. Thanks, Travis. Hey, Travis. Jesse Newell, Kansas City Star. Jesse. Um, you talked about your relationship with Bill Self earlier. I just wondered your thoughts on his new contract extension. I'm, I, I think it's awesome. I'm glad it was done on Friday. And I didn't I did need to be the guy doing that, not because I wouldn't have wanted to, but because... It was such a clear demonstration from Chancellor Gerard and the entire Kansas community that Bill's our head basketball coach and exactly who we need at the helm there. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. Hey, we've got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. What is Sports Pass? It's the Kansas City Star Sports section online. All the stories that are in the print edition of the Kansas City Star, plus much, much more stuff that appears only on KansasCity.com. 
After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And what a great time to subscribe. The Royals are off to a hot start. Colleges are always making news. And of course, it is never not chief season, especially with a draft coming up later this month. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account kansascity.com slash subscribe and if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers you send me an email bkirkoff at kcstar.com and we will get you to the right place so whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening and we will be back on friday with another episode